Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the third day of July. I'm Paul White. It's a uh, brand new week. I know in the United States, it is the week of American Independence. Independence Day is tomorrow, July the 4th. And so I know work, if it's happening in many places, not a lot's getting done today. Some people took today off so they could have a four-day weekend. You're right in the middle of that. If you're international listeners from other nations, um, maybe, I don't know your calendar, but maybe just a regular day on a regular week. Uh, no, No civic holiday or anything like that for you. In either case, I want to greet you and welcome you in the name of Jesus and hope that you have a fantastic day and that you are blessed in the favor of the Lord. You know how much the Father loves you. Well, it's interesting that I bring up civic holiday. We're not dealing with a civic holiday in the text today, but we are dealing a little bit with civics, a little bit with the the state, or in Jesus' case, the empire. In Mark chapter 12, in the text that we brought you yesterday, the Herodians and Pharisees came to Jesus and asked, is it lawful to pay taxes? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? They then repeat the question in verse 15, shall we pay or shall we not pay? But he, knowing their hypocrisy, said to them, Why do you test me? Bring me a denarius that I may see it. Now, before we comment on that, let's start with this whole concept of taxes to Caesar. Um, there's a lot of taxes in the ancient world. Let's, let's talk first century at this point only, because that's what really matters contextually. This stuff changes with nations and empires and across time. But in that first century Roman Empire, there were customs taxes, there were tolls, and most often toll roads or toll bridges because the Romans were pioneers in road construction. One of the reasons the Roman Empire could stretch as far as it did is that they were the world's engineering pioneers in building roads, aqueducts, and bridges. But to use these, they charged you a tax, uh, like a toll road today. And then there were other charges as well all across the empire. Just to sell, to buy, uh, all of these things had various tolls attached to them. I think way back when we were in Chapter 2, we talked about, we talked about tax booths. These were always set up. Uh, next to lakes, uh, the Sea of Tiberias or or the Sea of Galilee, whichever way you like to say it, would have had toll booths set up. Canals had booths set up where they took money. A lot of times this went through guys like Matthew, tax collectors. But in addition to this, that as if that wasn't enough, in addition, the emperor had instituted what's called imperial tribute. And imperial tribute was the paying of a tax regardless of your economic status. It was the same amount. So it wasn't so hard for wealthy people. It was extremely hard for poor people. A flat tax, not a percentage, but a coinage. So maybe a denarius. Jesus asks for a denarius. If it were a denarius, a denarius was a about a day's wage. So imagine whatever it is you make in a day, that's the tax. You might say, well, that would be easy if that was the only tax. Well, it would if it was the only tax, but what if it was one of many taxes? And what if that tax was to be paid regardless of how much you made? 
if you made a lot in one day, you owed it. If you made a little in one day, um, you owed it. Well, that'd be one thing. But what if it was an amount that for one guy was worth one day's salary, but for another guy was worth five minutes of salary, and you both had to come up with it? So you can see why there's this infuriation among the general populace in Rome, but especially among Israel. And of all the currencies in circulation in Palestine, and there's a lot of them, Jesus specifically asks for a denarius. Not only is it a day's wage, and we're not sure if that's what the tax was for, but he asked for a denarius because in the time of Christ, the denarius had the image of Caesar on one side. And Jesus obviously knows this. So he uses this coin as sort of an object lesson. And on one side is Caesar, and on the other side is a scene that glorifies the reign of Caesar. And so Jesus takes the coin, and in verse 16, he says, Whose image and superscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. And this is one of our few moments of Jesus interacting even verbally in regards to Caesar. And in verse 17, he says, Render to Caesar or pay, pay to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's, and they marvel at him. Now, almost every commentary I've ever read makes some form of the following statement. Jesus is affirming Rome's political power as legitimate power, and that's how Christians ought to treat government. Interestingly enough, if you stay with that attitude, you might back Hitler in Germany because he is the government. And if you go, well, we just obey what the government says to obey, then you might end up on the wrong side of history and certainly the wrong side of good and evil. I personally don't think Jesus means, hey, whatever Caesar wants, whatever the government wants, that's godly. Because if that's the case, then America should never have rebelled against King George III because you shouldn't rebel against authority. And I'm not here to make a statement of whether we should have rebelled, but rather to point out that inconsistency. What Jesus does say is quite simple. Give to Caesar whatever belongs to Caesar. Give to God whatever belongs to God. Notice, he doesn't stop with, sure, pay your taxes. And he doesn't stop with, give to Caesar what belongs to him. But rather, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but give to God what belongs to God, because the unspoken thing there that all of they Everyone in the crowd, and they marvel at him, by the way, as they should, because the unspoken thing is, how much belongs to God? Ooh. Well, wouldn't everything belong to God? Therefore, in this statement, Jesus kills two birds with one stone. Pardon the pun, because he's not a killer. But let's use it. He takes care of the tax question, render to Caesar what's Caesar's. But he takes care of the issue of putting God first and above all because you're also to give to God what is God's. Well, what is God's? Everything is God's. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. So God comes first. This means that Caesar can never be placed 
in the place of God and can never be above him. And neither can the governments of this world. And there is no marriage between Caesar and God for God owns all first. Questions about the resurrection from the Sadducees coming up tomorrow. See you then. God bless.